Hey guys, good morning. Good morning. Uh, can you guys give each other just a high five next? You know, give each other a high, quick high five. Uh, get some blood going. Get some excitement uh, going. You know, um, hey man. Okay, now you got hey, tans. Now you're giving tans. Now you're giving skin. Remember skin? Remember that, Emery? You gave each other skin? Hey, uh, I am really excited to be here with you guys. Um, you know, when I look at you guys, I'm like, this is my family. This is my church. This is the church that I go to. You know, this is where I invest my heart, my time, my money. And, you know, if, I got my wife here. My son's here. My sister's here. My parents are here. You know what I mean? It's like, this is awesome. I just love it. Um, you know, and I, and I think I, I love that um, just the way that uh, Larry summed it up um, as he was praying for me, how I'm going to deliver what I deliver. Because sometimes you need to hear from somebody else, you know, to what you're like. And his prayer was, was you know, God, um, be with Edgar so that, uh, you know, he could, he, I know that he loves to explain or explains the great life that we have in Christ. Uh, you know, we have such an amazing life in Christ. I, I am so sold out on that. Uh, you know, I mean, I, that, that's what drives me. And, uh, and so what we're going to talk about today is going to be uh, uh, to live as Christ. And, um, you know, um, but I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I can't even explain it. But it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what goes on in life. Uh, we are so blessed to be in Christ. Do you realize that there is no greater opportunity in life, no greater opportunity than to be in Christ, to be a disciple of Jesus, a student? No, the lotto is not your greatest opportunity. It's not. You know, a job, a career. No, you know, this is the greatest opportunity. And you are here. You know, and, and we're striving to, to live this life all together, you know. And so when I, when I look at you guys, I just think about, first of all, I'm not alone. Because we always have God, right? Uh, but then we have each other. And, uh, and that always really just encourages me that I'm not the only crazy one. I'm not the only one that's giving it all up for Jesus. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not the only one that's... Uh, um, you know, just sacrificing it and just trying to glorify somebody else, Jesus. And, uh, and so I'm glad that I'm in, in, in great company. Um, let, me, um, let me gather my notes up here. Um, I want us to look on over to um, Philippians chapter 1. Uh, Dave is out in uh, Bakersfield. Uh, no, he's not on vacation. He's working. <laughs> Would anybody go to Bakersfield on vacation? Maybe not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anybody. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, no, he is doing a workshop for the, uh, the ministry out there. And, uh, you know, I saw Doug Lover and I thought, man, this is the, he is the hardest working minister that I've ever seen. I look at Dave and I'm like, holy mackerel, like. This guy's nonstop. This guy, you know, this is just, I mean, he's always working. I'm really, you know, uh, you know, I pray for him because I'm not necessarily always good, right? But, you know, and we got to pray for him because he sees the work and he just throws himself at it. 
you know, but I'm just so amazed by, by all that he does, you know. Before I share this verse, uh, Philippians chapter 1, well, let's read it, right? You guys there? Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, you know, sometimes uh, God will bring you back around to certain things, right? Uh, you remember an experience and, uh, you know, I was preparing the message this week and, and I already had what I was going to talk about. And then Dave mentioned it to me on Thursday. Hey, I remember the, uh, the theme for this week is to, to live as Christ. And uh, I had one of those uh, ratatouille moments. Remember ratatouille moments when the guy tasted the soup and he went like, <laughs> he flashed right back to like when he was a little kid. Uh, you know, I had a ratatouille moment. Because what happened was about 20 years ago in Cerritos, my very first sermon that I ever was asked to preach was to live as Christ. And I was over here at the Sheraton and I remember him giving me that topic and I thought, what does that even mean? <laughs> to live as Christ and to die as gain, you know, and and I remember struggling with it and I was so nervous, you know, and I remember, you know, they, they, we had a, uh, a wireless mic. And I had it, you know, the thing, I had the thing on here, and I was about to go up there, and I was like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. Whew, I'm so nervous. That's what my dad said. Yeah, that's what my dad taught me. You know, it, you're nervous, just go, go pee, and it'll, you know, it, it'll be all right. That's a freebie. Just to, I, won't, I won't charge for it. Okay. Anyway, so then, uh, so I go, right, and, and, and I'm thinking the thing is on. You know, I'm just so nervous, you know, and I'm like, Shh, and then I go, you know, I'm flushing the toilet, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're hearing the flushing of the toilet inside this, the, the auditorium, you know. It was a nightmare, you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm just, just, just so nervous, you know, but thank God it was off, you know, but you get those thoughts and stuff, you know, but I really struggled with it. You know, if you kind of just take a look at that passage like that, you can come up with a whole bunch of different things, and you've been around and stuff. But, you know, after 20 years, I come to realize that you have to read it in context. That you really have to read before and afterwards to really understand what the Bible is saying. And, you know, in the beauty of the Bible, it is it is simple. Sometimes we read things, but the Bible actually explains what it's what it's saying. Let me give you an example. God created, you know, man in his image. You know, I think, oh, he, oh, he's got two eyeballs and he got five fingers. It's like, no. What it actually said is God made in his image. What does that mean in his image? He said, let man have dominion over the whole world and all the. That's what it means to be in God's image. To have a dominion, to have a responsibility over something. Isn't Jesus Christ responsible for all of us? God is the one. That's what it means. And so when you really start looking at it. It really start, it starts explaining itself. We don't need to make up stuff. We don't need you know get overly zealous, right? Just, just let's read it in context. Now, when the thing that I love about the Word of God is that anytime I say it's, it's the Word of God, what I, I now I say, you know what? It's the will of God. And so when I, when I read the Word of God, I'm just saying this is God's will for my life. And when you read the depth, you just think, this is God's will for me. You know, and, and so it, in order for me to really explain this passage, we got to understand Paul's heart behind the passage. 
Let's look on to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. I've come to preach today. You guys want to hear me preach? I came to encourage you guys, lift you guys up. I've been preaching in the Spanish now every Sunday for five years. You tell me I have to preach? I mean, you'd have to give me like a two-month notice beforehand before. You know, and I'm sweating Now you can ask me to come up and preach. I'll preach. It's not going to take me now. It's like, Edgar, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, st- stop putting so many hours into this thing. You just got 25, 30 minutes, right? You know, uh, but I'm so encouraged by the privilege that's been given to me to, to be able to lead a ministry, the Spanish ministry, to be able to preach the word. You know, are you guys there? First Corinthians 15, verse 9 through 10. Uh, Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles uh, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Apostle means messenger, right? Messenger of God. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I work harder than all of them. He's talking about all the other apostles. Yeah, but it wasn't I, but the grace of God that was with me. There is no other man that understands grace more than Paul. Right? You know, I mean, there is no. So when you read Paul, you're going to really understand this grace. You know, and, and, and I love what it just says. You know what? I don't even deserve it. Does anybody here deserve to be a disciple of Jesus? We don't deserve it. You know, some of you have been around a long time. You're so awesome. Seriously. The character that you built over time in Christ. You know, the life, the family, the marriage, the unity. That's blow away. You know, you're only getting better and better in Jesus Christ. Do you ever uh, go, uh, you know, uh, meet up again with an old friend? And you kind of, who, who are not of Christ yet? And don't they kind of look beat up? Don't they kind of, you know, they, they look beat, they would look worn down? Isn't sin tiring? You keep, you know, it's, it's very tiring. Aren't you tired of those world lying to you? Aren't you tired of that special someone who keeps lying to you? That gets tiring. Aren't you tired of your own lies? That gets really tiring. You know, and, and, and it's amazing what we have. And Paul knows what he has become in Christ. And, you know, and he says, but the grace is, you know, I don't deserve it. And he says, you know what, I, and I just, I work my butt off now. And I'm just working all the time. But, but actually, it's not me. It's because I become this now by God's grace. You are a Christian, a disciple of Jesus because of God's grace. You are who you are today because of God's grace. You know, and Paul says, you know, and look, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing all these things, but it's not me. It's the grace of God. You see, grace is not opposed to you working for the Lord. Grace is opposed to thinking you deserve something back. You guys understand that? 
that you work and so now you earn. Maybe some of you are not that happy because you're focused too much on the earning. And you're forgotten about the grace that's been given to you. You are a disciple of Jesus by the grace of God. You are not awesome on your own. You've already proven it. You've already messed it up. Right? You've already messed it up. And now you're awesome. You're awesome. I mean, I, I look at you guys like you guys are awesome people. You know, and, it, and, and so it's like, hey, it's by God's grace. We got to remember this grace. We got to, you know, be grateful for it. You know, um, I'm not here on Sundays, but I hear the sermons every Sunday. If, if I don't get them from my mirror, I go, hey, uh, Dave, I need your sermons. I know Dave taught last week that the happiness is in being like Jesus. Is that true? Not in the, you know, that is the reward. That you can't live like Jesus. That's the reward. And he says you can't promise anybody anything else. Isn't that what God said to Abraham? Abraham, I am your great reward. You know, don't forget that, Abraham. I know I'm sending you to the promised land. And I know I'm going to, you, know, uh, you know, build this great nation through you and all this stuff. But don't forget something, Abraham. I am your great reward. It's my relationship with you that's the reward. It's not the promised land. It's not the legacy that, you're, that I'm going to give to you. You know, and, and when you forget about that, you get in a real funk. Don't we get in a funk? You know, and, and we got to remember that. But this is the heart that Paul had, you know, in writing this scripture. You know, and so let's look on back to Philippians chapter 1. In Philippians chapter 1, in uh, verse 3. Look how Paul talks about his brothers here. Uh, let me see, uh, verse 3 through, uh, through 9. So that's for Tommy there. Three, verse 3 through 9. Says, um, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began work work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long, uh, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. Verse 10. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that, the, that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Do you see how he feels about these people? You guys see it? You're in my heart. I long for you. I'm praying for you. I desire something. Why does he have those such feelings? It's because he says, hey, you share in God's grace with me. You know, wow, you guys are just like me. Hey, how God pulled me out of the world. 
and all the wrong that I was doing, he's done that to you. Aren't you fired up to see each other? I'm so fired up to see each other, one another. You know, I'm thinking, I know what it, I know what it means to, to, to become a disciple of Jesus. Let me simply explain it to you if you don't. There is something called the kingdom of God. Right? And in that kingdom, God has set up a culture in that kingdom. It's love, right? You don't find, you find humility. You find, every, you, you find everything. You want to say, well, what is the kingdom of God? Well, just look at Jesus and how he lived. Look at his principles and what he taught. That is the kingdom of God. Okay, now, the Bible says that, you know, there, there, there is a story of two kings. You guys remember that one? One had 10,000 soldiers, one had 20,000. And we teach, you know, you have a kingdom. Did you realize that you have a kingdom? Anything that you have over influence over in your home, right? That's your kingdom. You know, who your influence is, what you have, what you're building. You know, that's all, you know, isn't that what the world does? Aren't they trying to just build up their kingdom? They want, they want a bigger kingdom. They want more influence, more power. That's the kingdom. That's their kingdom. Okay, and so I understand that. That's their dreams and stuff. And so in order to become part of the kingdom of God, you got to turn in your kingdom. You turn it over to God. You surrender your kingdom over to him. And you are no longer going to follow your own will. You're saying, you know what, I'm going to be in subject to Christ. I want his will now to be my will. Do you guys understand that? And so then you become a student, a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, following the kingdom principles that he has taught. Okay, now is that an easy thing to do, to give up your kingdom? I was saying in the Bible, I wanted to run away. Oh, I've had enough. Thank you very much. These are my dreams. You don't know why I live for. This is my passion. This is one of the things that I long for. And you as a 20-year-old are telling me to give it all up. Well, who the heck are you as a 20-year-old teaching me the word of God, right? And it was difficult. You know, but God worked and he let me meet somebody that I just started talking about spiritual things. And this, this insurance agent told me all the things that they were living for, all the material things. And now I'm preaching to her, this lady. Those aren't the right things to live for. There are, all that stuff can be taken away. And you'll be left with nothing. You can't even take it with you. I hope the one that you inherit to marries the right person. Ah, right, Ernie? Because <laughs> you're leaving it all to somebody else. And I pray to God it stays in my family, right? Do you guys ever think like that way? You know what I mean? But you, you're, you're like that, right? You can't take it. And so now I'm preaching to this lady. Who am I really preaching to? Myself. And that was the first time I said, you know what? Jesus is Lord. You know, there's nothing greater than to live for. My, you know, you know, Jesus' dreams will not be my dreams. His mission and his purpose will not be my mission and purpose. That was 28 years ago. I'm still going. You know, and, and, and so it's like, I know how difficult it is and to stay faithful and to persevere. 
And so when I look at you guys, I'm like, you're just like me. James and Latanya, they're just like me. You got Ray and Barbara. You got Maria, right? And, and, uh, and uh, Amir. You got Brother Roman from the Ukraine out here. He's just like me. So I'm totally fired up to see you guys. Because you're just like me. And I understand. And so when we look at each other, let's respect each other. Let's love one another. Let's honor one another. Because you understand the battle. You understand the fight. You understand what what you have given up to be able to see Jesus Christ as Lord. You know, today we're going to see Jamie Hatfield, right, Jamie? Jamie's getting baptized today. And man, we're so excited for you, Jamie. We, you know, and the whole thing is you, you haven't met her yet, but don't you relate to her what she's going through? And aren't you so happy for her? You just totally get it because you get it. That's what Paul is saying here. He says, I have this law, this, just this affection for you, you know. And so we got to understand, you know, God's grace for our lives. You know, let's keep reading. And uh, I'm going to read this just for backdrop. Okay, so you understand where he's coming from before we get to 21. It says, verse 12, let's read 12 through, um, let's read, uh, 12 through uh, 26, okay? Um, it says this, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole place guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the, uh, for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains, right? He's in prison. But what does that matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given me by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. You guys get it, right? He's in prison. Right, and he's in prison. He's actually literally, you know, he's thinking, I could literally die, right? And actually, didn't isn't that what happened to him? He got beheaded. Not, I don't believe it was after this, right? But that's what. I, so he's actually thinking about this, yeah. you know. But you know, and so um, as he's facing this thing, the thing that really struck out to me, he defines what it means to live in Christ, Amen. you know. And so we read, read in verse twenty-two. 
If I am to go on living in the body, is that living in Christ or dying to, to, uh, to have gain? It's living. It's living in Christ, right? Right? So if I am to go on living in the body, that's living in Christ, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Okay, so, I mean, isn't the motivation for you at being in the Christ, isn't it that the impact that you can make in this world? I mean, Jesus came to change this world, to turn it upside down, that you make a, you know, a difference. You know, and now as a disciple of Jesus, you get to do the same thing. You know, I'm up here and I'm thinking of 28 years, all the things that I've done and, you know, and I'm just, and it's all to God's goal. He just used me and I want to do more and, you know, and I want to go further and all those things, you know, but, you know, I just think about what about that guy who met me back in college? He was praying to meet a Latino in the Latin American studies class. Who I went to class and he asked me, um, are you Latino? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Latino, Edgar Sanchez, in a Latino American Bible study, you know, study class. Simple, dumb question, but doesn't God use everything? He used that. You know, and, and, you know, and my story goes on, right? And, and then I got baptized, and now it's like God used me, you know? I mean, the guy's not, he's not even faithful. He hasn't been faithful in a very, in a very long time. But God used him to change my life. And I love that my family is here. I love that I can look into this audience and know that I've helped some of you to become disciples of Jesus. Not only in this, but in other ministries. There is a church in my hometown because of my family. Because my dad just kept on bugging Peter Garcia. When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? I'll open up my home. Here's my home. Here's my home, right? And like my sister, my dad went down there on the mission team. I, didn't, I couldn't go, but I sent money down there. You, and now there's a church down there. And so Paul is saying like, if I live in Christ here on this, it means fruitful labor for me. It means making an impact in this world, changing the world. That's you. That's the life in Christ you've been chosen. And so he's saying, who cares if Christ is being preached out of good motives or bad motives? What matters is the word of God is spreading. We're getting it out there. Let me talk to you as a leader in this church. We got to get the word of God out. We got to scatter seeds. We got to let God do his thing. There are more Jamie Hatfields out there. There are more Frank Jimenez who has cancer who got baptized. Amen. I went to a teen event in South Cities. This, uh, uh, you know, one of the teens, a parent, uh, um, a parent uh, or disciples, Turner, he got baptized. I met another teen who Steve who just got baptized again. You know, uh, you know. So it was like, wow, that's that's so encouraging, Lord. That you would use East Cities, Las Americas, and South Cities to see four new souls be added to your kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Imagine if we were all had that focus and that prayer life. 
Look on over to Mark chapter 4. And you know, before I used to not want to push people because of our past, I could be Señor Puchale. As my wife uh, calls me, she goes, oh, you're Señor Puchale. But when I read that passage, I don't care why you, you know, whatever, whether pure motives, false motives. It, it, Paul says, this is God saved. God, because God wrote it, right? It doesn't matter what your motive is. So you get the word out. You, you know, and so we look at Mark chapter 26 through 29, because God's going to use you. You know, the great, the, the joy of the fruitful labor is that the growth doesn't depend on you. Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. You ready? He says, uh, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself, the soil produces grain from the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Isn't that a great passage? You know, you can't slow down the kingdom of God. You can't speed it up. You can't slow it down. The kingdom of God has a life of its own. If we scatter seeds, that's our job. If we just scattered seeds. God's going to do his thing. He's just going to do it. You're going to go to sleep. You're going to go on, and somebody's going to call you up. Somebody's going to remember, right? You've seen that. You know, and so it's not, it's, you know, and, and so it says all by itself. It's magical. Don't you want to see the Spirit of God do its thing? Isn't that the joy of the fruitful labor? You're working, you see all these miraculous stories. Let me tell you a miraculous story. This guy that I met, right, who had met me, I searched for him for a very long time. And I didn't know where he was at. And I was like, okay, God, I guess I'm going to put him on my bucket list. God, before I die, I want to see him again. Because, you know, he helped me. I want to help him. Yeah. You know, and so I go about my business. And I'm praying. God knows his stuff. One day I go pick up Matthew, right, at 4 p.m. It, uh, it was doing a basketball thing. So it was, it was afterwards. I'm at his school. I'm walking to school. I was like, oh, I forgot something in the car. I got to turn around. So what do I do? I turn around. Who is right there? In front of my eye. I'm like, holy mackerel. It's, it's, his name is Herb. I'm like, Herb! I've been looking for you. Dude, you're not on Facebook. You're not, I mean, I've searched. Sam. He goes, oh, yeah, I don't like Facebook. You like that, you know? I'm like, really, God? Really, Lord? Really? You know, we pray. We scatter seeds. I've invited him to the marriage tree. You know, he's, he's, it's going to be a slow process. He actually lives like, actually by Latanya and James Crumpler's house. It's like, wow, God. You know, and, and you think about, it's called the ministry of the spirit. You don't want to be part of my ministry. You don't want to be part of Dave's ministry. You want to be a part of the ministry of the Spirit. 
And so Paul is saying, for me to, to live as Christ is for me to see this fruitful labor of making this impact in this world. And I'm torn by it. Because I could, leave, I could move on, right? And be with Christ, and that's gain. Or I can stay here, and I can understand that. Because like, I want to see Jesus. Yeah, but I don't want to leave my wife. I don't want to leave my son here. I want to help my children, my grandchildren one day. I want to help my sister, my friend. You guys understand that? So Paul is torn. And what he's saying is, no matter whether you stay or you go, you're victorious in Jesus Christ. You know, and then he even goes on, right? If you kind of go back and it just, it just he even says that, uh, but I'm going to stay to work for your progress and your joy. That's a phenomenal discipling scripture. Because he says, I'm working for your progress. His progress? His joy? Did you guys see that? In uh, Philippians chapter 1, I think it's verse, uh, verse 23. No, verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. I will continue with all of you for your progress and your joy in the faith. Is that phenomenal? Don't you want somebody in your life that's actually for you, for your progress, and for your joy in the faith? Does that sound like an awesome mentor, a coach? You know, that's Paul's attitude. We all need to have somebody like that. You know, that was part of the fruitful labor was to be able to see, you know, the, the, the joy of people growing. You know, I'm so fired up about Larry McLaughlin. Anybody else fired up about Larry McLaughlin? <laughs> You know, did, I, I love the Lexus did that video last week, right? And it was great. And, uh, but we were going to show that video like back in December. And then we had changed plans. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I got to call Lexus. And I got to tell her we're not going to show the video. And I'm, th- you know, I'm like, I don't want to disappoint Lexus. And I, you know, I'm just like dreading this phone call, right? I'm thinking, oh, man, why do I have to do it? I'm like, okay, let me call Lexus. Okay, hey, Lexus, you know, uh, Hey, the video, we're not going to show. So, oh, yeah, I know. I was like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, Larry already called me up and let me know. I'm like, what? Larry's taking the initiative, the responsibility. I, saw, I said, Larry, you're killing me, Larry. You're killing me. You know, I'm like, I'm so proud. Man, to see his growth, what a joy. That, you know, that's the fruitful labor that Paul is talking about, the impact and seeing one another grow in the progress for your faith and the joy for your faith. And he says to live as Christ. You know, he finishes it off. He says, whatever, verse 27 through 30, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a matter worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one, in, in one spirit, contending as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now bear that I still have. And to finish it off, I think what he's saying is like, it's a privilege to be a disciple of Jesus and suffer for his name. 
That word granted means it's a gift. It's a privilege. It's a privilege when you are chosen. You know, how, how do you know you're going to suffer or how do you know you're surrendered to suffering? You just do the next right thing like Jesus would and you trust God in the result. You guys understand that one? Mm-hmm. That's kind of deep, isn't it? You just do the next right thing and you trust God in the result. And sometimes that result's going to be phenomenal and sometimes it's not, but you're going to be happy and joyful because you trusted in God and the real Lord is being like him. You know, and, and that's a privilege. It's a privilege to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when we look at what does it mean to live as Christ? You know, do you guys get it understand it more now? Aren't, don't you want to live for Jesus Christ? Amen. You know, and so I hope that this has really encouraged you. You know, just to uh, you know, understand God's grace. You know, uh, be focused on fruitful labor in Christ. And just to really understand, it's a privilege to be a disciple of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a big hand for encouraging us with his word. Amen.